0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of the CEO as Activist series from the Business in the Community Ireland podcast. I'm Angie Mazzetti. Well, this special podcast is all about businesses working together towards a low carbon economy. Last year 47 members of Business in the Community Ireland signed up to the Low Carbon Pledge and committed to reducing their direct carbon emissions by 50% before 2030 to enable the transition to a low carbon economy. Measuring and reporting is one of the key requirements of the Low Carbon Pledge and last week the first Low Carbon Pledge report was published in partnership with PwC validating the signatory's commitment. This low carbon pledge report represents the first significant effort of the signatory companies to demonstrate the potential impact of collective climate mitigation actions. The report was launched at a jam-packed event where the audience heard from business leaders on how Irish businesses are tackling the climate crisis. As people arrived, I caught up with some of the guests and asked them what they hoped would come from the event and what they themselves were doing.
1: Justin Moore and Irish Wind Energy Association. I think everybody can be doing more to, to try and drive forward a low-carbon economy, and I think events like today are about business playing its part in trying to step up to the plate and actually deliver the kind of change that we need, and, you know, in the wind energy sector that's something we really think we need to be seeing more of, is business, trade unions, all communities coming together to really push for the kind of really rapid change that we need to see happen in the next five to ten years.
2: Uh, My name is Liz Dooley and I'm from Janssen Sciences, Ireland, um, based in Cork. So Janssen Sciences have, I suppose, they have established uh, science-based goals around CO2 emission reduction and also very much focused on renewable energy, specifically in the... electricity uh, delivery space we are part of the business in the community network in 2016 we achieved the business working responsibility mark and we have signed up to the low carbon pledge so i'm looking forward to hearing more about that this morning and i suppose also sharing um, our contribution to that
0: and did it mean a lot to you to get that mark
2: Um, Absolutely. Um, I suppose it's been a differentiator for us um, in two ways. First of all, within our local community, it's a differentiator because we were the first pharmaceutical industry um, in Ireland to actually get that mark. And secondly, from a competition for talent perspective, it's a differentiator for us because people want to see and want to work in organizations that are actually you know delivering on their commitments around sustainability and that they're actually active and that it's not just a policy you know document on a shelf somewhere.
3: John Smith on post Jess. we're very interested in in coming to here today to listen and uh, it'll be an exciting day to listen to what's happening with other people. What we can do then is bring that back to our own businesses. So the likes of ourselves and I'm we'll be able to bring in and implement any 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 nuggets that we're going to learn today, yeah. We've done an awful lot of work in this area. Uh, we've identified our five UN Sustainable Development Goals, and we're driving to
2: deliver those and incorporate them into the business. Kieran Kelly, I'm the advisory leader in PwC. There's a lot of very important people in the room here who we are very influential, and the fact that they're here means that maybe their agendas can move on in the right direction as well. It's the it's the issue of our time.
0: After the launch, I sat down with Fergal O'Rourke, Managing Partner of PwC, Paula Kirk, Director of Energy, Cities and Climate Change at Arab, and Dennis O'Sullivan, Managing Director, Gas Networks Ireland, who spoke to us for the podcast. Fergal, that was a great event this morning. Were
1: you happy with it? Really happy. I think the, a great turnout of chief executives and far beyond what we'd expected when we set the event up.
0: PWC are a signatory to the pledge. There's 47 altogether, aren't there? Yes. Why is this an important topic for a company like yourselves, office-based, professional services? Why does it matter?
1: Well, I suppose there's Three elements to it as i would see it first of all it's the right thing to do i think climate change is now the issue of our time and i think as responsible business leaders we need to be doing something about it but secondarily even if it wasn't the right thing to do from a business perspective it makes sense uh, our people we've an average age in here of about 29 and a half uh, 3,000 people younger people are asking us what are we doing uh, at a corporate level about uh, our social issues of social responsibility and issues around climate change. And then our clients, uh, we're helping them mitigate the risks that might arise. So what happens if carbon tax goes up to €100 Euro a tonne? So there's a business imperative, there's a people imperative, But most of all, it's the right thing to do.
0: And it's one of the sustainable goals, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Why did PwC agree to partner on the first report of the low carbon pledge?
1: Well, there was a a happy coincidence of a number of of, uh, streams. Globally, uh, PwC has committed to uh, having all its uh, power supplied by renewable sources by 2022 and to fully offset its business travel uh, by the end of this year and that global initiative was been pushed down to us all and we'd already been doing our own stuff here. So as we were looking at it both from a people perspective and a business perspective, Tomas from BITC approached me and said we would be interested and it fitted so well uh, for us. We have uh, an energy specialist Kim McClellan who actually wrote the report along with Dr. Luke Redmond in, in our office and we said yeah this is something we would like to contribute on a pro bono basis. Uh, it fits in with our general purpose and again uh, I think it's just one of the burning issues of our day.
0: Uh, the minister was very impressive yes. this morning and he said he appealed to the financial institutions in particular to think about smart finance for sectors for that are difficult to mobilise. Um, is that going to be easy?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think, and, and not just limiting those sort of sectors, but I think there's a growing awareness and one of the things we took away the 47 signatories is if we can all get one more company to sign up and one more company to commit, uh, we'll have a huge uh, impact on broadening. And I think it's that sort of peer-to-peer uh, assistance, telling them about what's going on, sharing the experience you've had within your own organisation of what you've done, and help them then do it in their organisation. That's the way we will move it forward. And at one level, you know, when we started this journey last November and we said we're going to reduce our carbon intensity by 50% by 2030 – I now think we weren't ambitious enough because within PwC locally, we've managed to reduce it by 60% already in year one. Uh, So my personal to-do, from uh, wearing my CEO hat as such, is to go out there and recruit more companies, share the experience of what we've done, and help them do the same within their own organisations.
0: So you'll be making lots of phone calls this afternoon. Lots of, lots of phone
1: calls, yes. <laughs> uh, not hopefully uh, travelling in my car to do so. <laughs> uh,
0: I think there was a few uh, people saying that there might be fears among people about getting involved, and, you know fear of failure. Yeah. How would you, what and, would you say and, and to and That's them?
1: understandable, but it, 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 I, I use the analogy sometimes that we have a, a boost wellness programme in here and recently uh, 725 of our people ran five kilometres out in the Phoenix Park. Some of them ran it in 15 minutes, which is extraordinary. Some of them ran it in 40 minutes. It's about doing a little bit more than you're currently doing. So yes, it's nice to have targets. What gets measured gets done. But if all they committed to doing was doing something a little bit better and a little bit differently. That in itself would have an impact. So success, focusing on what is success, success is doing something a little bit better than you were doing before. Every company is capable of succeeding.
0: Why does climate change matter to you personally as CEO?
1: I've got two teenage children now, uh, a 16-year-old girl and a 14-year-old boy, and uh, who are now starting to ask me questions, of, what are you doing, Dad? And uh, as I opened the plastic bottle last night, I had my 14-year-old son admonishing me uh, uh, quite sternly uh, as to why I was doing this. Uh, I suppose it does focus me on like, what am I doing in a day-to-day basis? So one of the things I would do regularly now, I'm an inveterate user of Dublin Bikes. uh, When I go around Dublin, once I get in here in the morning, if I have any meetings in Dublin, one, two, four, six, uh, I'm on my Dublin bike and, and cycle away rather than a taxi or a car.
0: I think there was a sharp intake of breath when you said that this morning from the podium. So you're leading by example. Well, it,
1: uh, it also has the added benefit of keeping me somewhat fit. Uh, but I think it's incumbent on uh, quite taking off my CEO hat for a moment. It's incumbent on me as a citizen to say, look, what are the small bits and pieces I can do? Going back to my earlier comment of success just means doing something a little bit differently than you've done in, in previous times. And one of the things I've found as we've worked on this um, project together with the BITC, is that the, you learn so much about the small differences that you can make. Uh, things like the difference between use by and best before dates on food, and the wastage that comes from food. Uh, you know, there, there are lots of. I think educating people generally about the small differences that can be made, that ultimately collectively can make quite a big difference. That's going to be a big challenge.
0: Craig Lurk, managing partner, PwC. Thank you very much for joining us. Well I'm joined now by Paula Kirk who's Director of Energy and Climate Change at Arab. Paula, you're very welcome. Uh, Arup are a signatory to this pledge. How does Arup incorporate climate action into its design process? How do you engage with your clients to understand the embedded emissions of your project?
4: So this is something that we try and do very much from the outset when working with our clients. So, for example, with master planners and looking at building new cities, we always try and identify where what's the most sustainable design from the outset. So looking at a broad range of issues from transport, waste, water provision, all of the different utilities, and trying to identify wherever possible the most sustainable outcomes. Often these are about designing slightly
0: differently, um, but with a sustainable outcome in mind. Why is the city dimension on climate action so critical And is there anything that Irish cities can do in particular to make it to the top city list or is that a big ask?
4: So cities tend to be more nimble in terms of their decision making rather than countries um, and national governments. And we've done a lot of work with Mike Bloomberg, um, who was the former chair of the C40 Group, which is an initiative of 92 city mayors working to address um, climate change in their cities. Um, Mike Bloomberg has always said that nations, where nations talk, cities act. And I think that's where we're seeing real innovation. Cities can actually take much quicker decisions. They're, They're able to work much more collaboratively with the private sector and with solution providers. And things like procuring electric vehicles, procuring and setting up car sharing schemes, bike sharing schemes. These are real practical initiatives happening on the ground. And cities can get these up and running within a matter of months you know, or 12 months. Whereas to do something at the national level often takes an awful lot longer. Similarly with energy efficiency and the requirements for renewable energy, Often through planning processes, cities have got much stronger powers and greater ability to actually require particularly new developments to incorporate renewable energy. Or even just to look at increased energy efficiency and increased climate action in terms of what they're designing and what they're building.
0: Are there any Irish cities that are being particularly innovative in this area? There are
4: definitely organisations and firms within Irish cities who are innovating Um, we're seeing in Dublin in particular we obviously have and Cork we have a lot of international firms that are choosing to base here and I think they're really driving the agenda in terms of their requirements for low carbon and um, some even fossil free developments. I think that's really setting the bar quite high and we are seeing that developers and um, w- we're seeing developers really meeting that challenge. They're redesigning their buildings to accommodate a lot of those international organizations. The requirements for renewable energy supplies, for looking at embodied carbon and changing the way they're actually designing and building to be much more cognizant of what the overall carbon impact is of, of those buildings and of the decisions that they're making.
0: Now, Arab work with cities all over the world. Are there any exemplar cities doing something that's really innovative that we could learn from? There's a lot of work in terms of
4: cities like obviously New York and Copenhagen. Um, what they're doing around uh, decarbonizing their energy supply is quite interesting and innovative. But there's also cities like Santiago and Curitiba where they are doing much more innovative things, that has to be said, around procurement of electric vehicles, and looking at public transport provision. So there's a wide range of, of initiatives happening across the world that, um, again, often in cities where there isn't a huge amount of wealth, but the, the initiatives are being put into place because of the, the broader social and environmental benefits of doing it. And they're really driving forward the decarbonisation agenda in terms of the climate action they're taking.
0: I suppose they have fewer resources, so there's more of an incentive for them to use those wisely. Exactly. Um, When you hear the emotional appeal of uh, campaigners like Greta Thunberg, are you personally hopeful about the capacity to face up to the challenge of climate change? Uh,
4: Listening to Greta Thunberg, she calls us out actually for saying she doesn't want our hope, she wants our action. And I think that's a really valid point because we have spent a lot of time talking and we have spent a lot of time hoping for change to happen. And I think the change that Greta Thunberg has made is that we're all responsible for making changes in our daily lives and in our professional lives. And at Arup, this is something we're very much looking at while we're cognizant of of putting our own house in order and making sure that we're doing everything as a firm to reduce our carbon emissions. We very much understand that the impact we have through the design of our projects um, and the influence that we can have on the built environment is much more significant than anything we can do in terms of our own corporate carbon emissions. So I think that has helped individuals within the organisation as well understand their role in really making a difference. That can be as from as small as specifying recyclable ventilation systems rather than um, ventilation systems that have to be disposed of and and sent to landfill on a regular basis so from very small measures which when they're scaled up across a number of buildings and across a number of cities they really do start to make a difference and I think those incremental changes are very important as well because they, they really start the ball rolling. And it's been kind of like a mind flip uh, for people, hasn't it? Exactly. And often it is small changes that really do make a big difference and people even asking themselves the question. I encourage all of my colleagues to ask the question every day. When you open your laptop, some people recycle at home and do wonderful things at home, and then they walk into the door of their office in the morning and they leave all of those good intentions outside and pick them up again on the way home. We all have a role to play in what we do and what we design and specify every day. And I've been challenging my colleagues to, to think about it and just ask themselves the question every single day when they close their laptop, what have I done today to shape a better world? What have I done that I can actually say has created a
0: positive impact in terms of carbon reduction and climate change? You've given us a lot to think about there. Thank you so much, Paula Kirk, who's Director of Energy and Climate Change at ARAB. Well, I'm joined now by Dennis O'Sullivan, who's Managing Director of Gas Networks Ireland. Dennis, tell me, why did Gas Networks Ireland get involved in the Low Carbon Pledge?
3: Um, We got involved in in the Low Carbon Pledge uh, quite simply because we felt it was the right thing to do. Um, There's two elements to it for us. One is how we operate our business uh, and, and, and wanting to be as environmentally efficient as we could be in how we do things, both in terms of our bills, uh, our, our office space, uh, how, how, how we travel. Um, we operate right across the country uh, and, and also in Scotland. Um, uh, so there's quite a lot of activity within the business uh, and, and a need for us to, to, to drive down a carbon footprint in that regard. Secondly is the wider issue of, of decarbonisation and, and, and the economy and obviously the gas network plays quite a large role in that. We transport the, the the largest volume of energy in the country, which which ultimately produces fifty percent of the the country's electricity requirement. Uh, we're fundamental to foreign direct investment companies, particularly the manufacturing uh, sectors, um, who require gas as 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 a fuel source for their for their process. But ultimately, we realise that we can't continue to do the same thing as we have been doing for for many years, and that's why we've set out a very detailed strategy as uh, as to how we. can and become a net carbon neutral network by 2050 uh, and indeed uh, be well down that path by, by 2030 also. So it's a combination of those two factors that really um, gave us the answer that we needed uh, in terms of joining uh, at an early stage and being involved in developing the pledge.
0: Was it easy to get buy-in from your employees and your staff?
3: Um, Absolutely, I'm very fortunate that um, right across the organization we have people that are really energized on this um, they see quite clearly that there's a need for change uh, and that we can be at the forefront of that change and, and leading that change uh, and I think that in itself is a huge uh, it's uh, be a source a, of pride uh, absolutely it's a source of pride we've've we've, we've had a business that has served the country extremely well for the last 40 years um, and and now we need to uh, re-energize ourselves and and reposition ourselves to, to to serve the country for the next 40 years
0: and it's you know it seems so far away when people talk about 2030 and 2050 but you're bringing all that experience and that need to change with you.
3: Uh, absolutely, and you know when you think of 2030, uh, it's 11 years away, even a bit less than 11 years away, so it's really around the corner and in terms of, of, of energy and our energy requirements, 10 years is quite a short period of time. Um, so we've been on this journey for, for the last uh, five or six years in terms of de- developing alternative solutions for, for decarbonisation and, and, and very much looking at the disruptive technologies that are out there, such as hydrogen. Uh, carbon capture and storage um uh, renewable gas from agriculture and so on and we're now starting to see that uh, actually materialize with with uh, we c- we've commissioned the first renewable gas injection point on our on our network which is a huge milestone for us
0: uh, Would you mind uh, telling us what that is Yeah as uh, um, simply as possible Renewable <laughs> gas
3: is kind of a a catch-all for for um a gas uh, essentially a biomethane that's produced from uh, renewable sources um, so, there, there are several uh, uh, potential uh, sources of that. The, the area that we're really focusing on is agriculture, uh, and the reason for that is twofold. First of all, the potential in, in agriculture to produce renewable gas is extremely high, and secondly, the waste industry uh, in Ireland, and particularly the food waste industry in Ireland, has huge potential as well to, to, to produce renewable gas. So, it's, it's, it's a substitute for, for natural gas, in essence, but produced from a renewable source.
0: Very good. From a personal point of view as Managing Director, why is it important to step up when it comes to how businesses can tackle climate change? Now we heard a call this morning for the 47 to become much more than that and for people to reach out to their network and get more people involved in the pledge. Why is it important?
3: I think I think it's, it's crucial. Um, and um, for business leaders, I think there's an acknowledgement uh, across business that uh, things have to change. We can't continue the way we are. We've signed up to many commitments, uh, uh, the, the Paris Accord. Uh, we've, we've our European obligations and we've national obligations set by by, by our own government in terms of decarbonisation. And as as a as a semi-state company. There's an additional obligation on an organisation like Gas Networks Ireland to, to step up and lead on on, on the rollout of, of that, but I think broadly uh, across all sectors, and we've seen it at the event this morning, that there is an enthusiasm uh, across all sectors of industry to be involved, to lead out. Uh, when you look at the detail contained from the the the, the, the members of the, the current members of the pledge, uh, the amount of of effort they've already put in to, to, to decarbonisation and the momentum that's there to continue to develop that uh, is huge, so I, I think it's, again, I, I used the term this morning, it's a no-brainer. Um, um, it's it's uh, People that don't realise this at the moment and, and that are not engaging with it, they're the organisations that will ultimately suffer in, in the medium term uh, as, as a result of not uh, moving now.
0: It seemed to be obvious from the speakers this morning and from the audience that children and young people are driving this like this is our future, and we're all hearing it at home from children as well. Is that impacting you too?
3: Uh, absolutely, And I'm no different to anybody else in that regard. i have I have two teenage children who who I would suggest are 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 experts in, in, in climate action and climate change, no different to, to, uh, to, to other children of, of, of their age. And they have a realisation that it is their future, when you when, and they're reading and being educated on the potential impacts of climate change over the next uh, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, and that's 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 the period that they're going to 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 habitate, uh, to to, uh, to live on, on, on this planet. Uh, so quite rightly they're 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 raising this. I think there's uh, we we've we've had an easy time of it to a certain degree over over the last fifty years. Um, climate change has really come to the f- fore um, in the, in the last twenty years but we're now seeing a step change particularly in the last two years we're seeing a step change in attitude again and a realization that the talking kind of has to stop and 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 a lot more action has to take place
0: and this is why it's so urgent
3: It is urgent because the damage that's being done is damage that uh, is very difficult to repair and in certain uh, situations cannot be repaired. And that's the real tragedy of of climate change. Um, So the imperative is there. We need to act on it.
0: Dennis O'Sullivan, Managing Director of Gas Networks Ireland. Thank you for joining us on Business in the Community. So I'm joined now by Thomas Serkovich, who's CEO of Business in the Community Ireland. A great event there this morning, Tomás, Um, but you have a call to action now. Every business in the country has a major role to play now in transition to a low-carbon economy. Um, And Business in the Community is urgently calling on businesses to implement the five key actions. What are those five key actions?
5: Yeah, indeed. Uh, the, the pledge is, is, is great in that it puts us into a starting point. But now we need to uh, make the change happen. And, uh, and I know change can mean a lot of things. So our, our, our very specific focus will be, obviously, we need to continue to measure, report, communicate, and set targets on how you're going to manage this whole transition to the low-carbon economy. So your emissions are your main source. So you need to see how you're progressing on that. Then. The measurement is good. The reporting is good. The accountability, but we also need to integrate this into how companies make decisions on procurement, on product development, on how they organize their workforce, and um, how they uh, organize their fleets. Uh, a number of initiatives, and uh, one of the things we have been discussing this morning has been a lot about investment, and we need to understand where that investment agenda. So understanding what are the investments necessary for that for that transition, because it's 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 about the technology that are going to enable all this fascinating change that we have been discussing this morning.
0: And I think the Minister particularly said that there will be costs uh, upfront, but the payback will be long-term.
5: Absolutely. And, and I think that is something I'm very happy about uh, this morning, which is to see companies that are thinking long-term, Uh, whether they're Irish domestic or or foreign direct investment, they understand that long term is the only way to act on this. The pressure is now, the pressure is the consumer, the investor, the regulator, and hopefully more. Uh, The own employees of the companies want to see their their employers being excellent at this. So yeah, investment is, is, is the third point. We need to have a collaborative approach. So obviously, dialogue with uh, with policymakers, with suppliers, with employees, with local communities. This is very much about how you're going to position yourself and find find solutions. Uh, Janssen Pharmaceuticals this morning talked about over a thousand suggestions came from their own employees as to how they can make improvements in their manufacturing site in Ringaskit in Cork. I think that's. That couldn't be better than the value of uh, engaging and and, and communicating. And obviously, this has to be about a cross-industry engagement and leadership on on, on this agenda. It can't be just about one company with one announcement and one with the other. So cross-industry initiatives, multi-sector initiatives, geographical sectoral initiatives, all of that will really help push the agenda and make us much more aware of it. So very excited about We had a call there this.
0: from the chairman this morning for everybody to use their network so it's not just 47 people signed up to everybody to make a few calls to get more
5: people to sign up. Absolutely, and, and, and that is our, our mission for the coming months.
0: Thomas Serkovich, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, also, thanks to our other contributors today, Fergal O'Rourke of PwC, Paula Kirk from Arup and Dennis O'Sullivan of Gas Network Ireland and to all of our other people who contributed. Um, visit the Business in the Community Ireland website if you want to find out more about the Low Carbon Pledge or to learn more about the actions businesses can take to play their part in transitioning to a low carbon economy in Ireland. From me, Angie And all on the Business and the Community Ireland team here, goodbye and take care and get moving.